Uh, welcome back to Book Market Podcast. You can find us at bookmarketpodcast.com <laughs> or on Audible, where all the books are read out loud to you, like your mother when you were a child, or your sister, brother, or father, depending on your childhood. Maybe the lady at the orphanage, which I've learned recently, don't still exist. Yeah, and I don't know if I believe that. I've never seen an orphanage. Yeah, I think they just call them homes now. And then I heard that wasn't the thing, but then I was like, I don't... I I so don't enjoy what just happened. But you understood I did understand it, and I understand I didn't like it. Ugh. My point is, is I don't. Some know people orphanage. would pay a lot of money. Well, guess what? For what just we happened. need to find those people, and then I'm going to take ten percent for emotional damage. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, um. Hi. Hey, how's it going? How are you? Uh, I'm good, actually. Uh, I would like to know how your life is. My life? Mm-hmm. You've heard about my tumultuous up and um, downs. I'm coaching a field hockey team. Sports. We are talented, but we do not play good games. Your face says it all. It's infuriating. I think what's more infuriating is the politics of it all. Like, I get parents want the best for their kids, they want to be involved in their kids' lives. Um, Parents. But, like, it's really frustrating because, you know, on a coaching. Like, coaching isn't a full-time job for people in high school. Like, A, I'm on, like, a volunteer basis. (laughs) Yeah, you have a full-time job. It's where I work. But, like, (laughs) I also coach with people who, um, like, some it is their full-time. And they obviously do other coaching things as well. Um, Others, like, they're like me where, you know, they have multiple jobs or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think, I think parents lose sight of that of how little coaches are paid to do it it's just like teachers oh my god they're paid the time constraint or the time commitment is huge in comparison to compensation like you're not compensated for your time at all you're given a base like if I were to go off of what they're paying me for we would hardly ever practice you know so (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like, no, but like JCPS tries to break it down and like, oh, you're compensated X amount of dollars per hour. And it's like, okay, is that just the amount of hours I'm supposed to put in per season? Because we could probably do that in the first month. (laughs) Because if so, done. Yeah. We're already capped. Um, So there's that aspect of it. And then parents like just, I don't know. It's just rough. It really is. It's And it's hard because it's like you love the sport. For the most part, I like the girls. Some of them I could do without, but I, you know, you can't name names. No, you shouldn't. They're teens. I know. <laughs> um, a teacher would say that too. Like, you like part of your class. You don't like some of the students. But it's like... Just don't vibe with them. Yeah. Like, as a whole, I really do enjoy our team. It's just frustrating because it's, you know... We do all these great things, and they have so much potential, but, like, potential doesn't matter if you can't put it into action kind of thing. Story of my life. So, there's been that, which is, it's been fun-ish, 
I try to make it as fun as possible because, like, if you lose the fun, I think you just become jaded. And I mean, you I think you're a fun there. coach. We work out together, and you tell me what to do sometimes, mm-hmm. and I really enjoy it. I have a great time. Um, you but, like, some of them aren't out there to play hockey. Like, some of them are – I literally feel like a motherfucking therapist some days. We went a whole week. Welcome to this episode 13. <laughs> uh, Someone just cried every day. Oh my God. It is very convenient. This episode 13, we're having breakdowns. You and me, different ways. We've got a black cat. You got to break down to break through, baby. I don't like that. I just like to break down <laughs> and then never get back up. <laughs> okay. And then, yeah, black cat 13. Halloween's coming up. I will actually, maybe I'll post this on Halloween. Black cat. Okay. Meow. Meow. <laughs> that was so cute. Um, uh, now, aside from that, I do, I can say I do hear you went on a date recently. I know you went on a date recently. I did. It was horrible. Oh, no. Why? Let me tell you. Please tell me about it. I need to hear about your your dating life. We met on Hinge. <laughs> the app. Yeah. Um, and though i do i guess in a way have been told that this is me justifying why i'm on there i will tell you why i'm on hinge because i don't think i'm gonna meet the love of my life on a dating app i'd That's rather fair. i feel like you are gonna meet the love of your life on like a weird hiking trail yeah, randomly on it's accident. gonna be in real life um but i decided to get back on hinge literally just to like keep my skills sharp you know my quick wit flirting you that flirt kind with of me stuff. any day just so you know i do you just <laughs> don't pick up on it oh yeah i guess um all right maybe you don't need hinge yeah no it just it literally it keeps me out there i guess in a sense on the circuit yeah um Oof. and i was like you know what i've been talking to this guy randomly on the app conversation has actually been pretty good he asked me on a date sure we'll go it's non Nothing serious. We literally went to a brewery. Like, it wasn't any big shindig. Mm -hmm. But I did read... No, I don't think I read it. I think I saw it on a video. It was like... um, And we've been talking about masculine-feminine energy. It was like one way to tap into um, a man's need to take care of a woman is to ask them to pick you up for a date. Now, I'm going to preface this. No, do not you. do it on the motherfucking first date. No, 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 no. And that was my, that was my fault. Yep. Um, I think do your first feel out on your own. Mm-hmm. Drive yourself. Mm-hmm. And then if you like it, the second or third date, you could say, hey, you know, can you pick me up? Whatever. Yeah. However you want to go about that. I jumped right. <laughs> I jumped. Hey, I appreciate that I tried something you were new. willing to try something different. And that's great. Yeah, I immediately fucking regretted it. Okay. Because within 20 minutes of this date. What kind of car did you drive, Hannah? A Toyota something. It's not about the car. It's about the fact that, like, <laughs> he tried to portray himself as this big alpha macho I work out. And he was. He was over six feet, very big in the gym. Like, big in the gym. Like, that was his life, which I soon learned was his entire fucking life. Um, But he drove this little tiny Toyota and it wasn't like he'd been driving it for forever and it was a financial reason. This was like a brand new fucking car. Oh, like it was an active choice. Yeah. Like he fucking chose to drive this car. (laughs) And I'm like, wouldn't a truck fit your personality more? (laughs) 
not that I'm saying like, I, I don't know. That sounds, it is superficial. That is very superficial. But it also, I was like. I just think that it's but okay I for drive, us to be superficial sometimes. I drive a big rugged Jeep because that's like who I am. Like my car portrays my personality. I understand financially not everyone can do that. What I'm saying is that like he then tried to put my car down saying that like he liked smaller cars and then they could do just the same as bigger cars and i was like but they can't like uh, my jeep has fucking sir, four-wheel you can't drive put a bed in the back of your toyota yeah. corolla like we can't go to the drive-in in your but car we can in that jeep or we can go to the beach and put a tent on the back yeah because we've like, done that but i think he felt like demasculated when i said that well he's a d-bitch i know <laughs> <laughs> but he really did i was like I just dropped it because I immediately knew like this could become a, a really hot topic if I kept pressing it. Um, yeah. But 20 minutes in, I knew I was cooler than him. Mm. Love that. But I, you are. I am. Like, but I am. You don't understand. I agree. You know, you meet you people. Cool. And I was just like, oh, my I'm I'm cooler than you. Not in like a, you're a cute nerd and like we've still vibe. It was like a, we're just so different. So different. Yeah. Um, and then we get a beer, whatever. And, you know, on a first date, you're trying to get to know someone. You ask questions. You might have a few lined up. You, and then I usually ask like Blush one question. Cards. And then I, like, just ask follow-up questions based on what they say, on what interests me or whatever. When I tell you, this man did not ask me a single question on the entire date. Not a single question. And I, like, at first, he just kept talking and talking. Like, one story would go into another story, would go into another story, to the point where I wasn't even getting a word in. Mm -hmm. I was like, hmm, okay, that's cool. Oh, that's so funny. That was the entirety of me for like two hours because every story he had just led into another story. And then I stopped even asking questions about his story. And then he'd do the thing where like he obviously wants to tell another story, but he, I'm not asking the question. I'm just staring at him. Yeah. And then he goes, why do you ask? Oh, I'll tell you. And I was like, <laughs> oh my God. He's like, having a full-blown date with himself. Yeah, it was like, you're not even a nervous talk. Like, this isn't nervous talking. Like, this is just genuinely how you are. Because even if I would try to, like, interject and, like, be like, oh. And he would cut me right back off again and jump Ugh. back in. It was just so annoying. But then he drove me. So, like, I <laughs> so you were stuck there. <laughs> Luckily, it started raining. And I was like, oh, we should go. Like, because it's oh because you were you outside yeah oh thank god i know mother so, nature really came in for the win came in clutch and said let's, um, let's get out of these so he drove me home and the whole time he was like oh he did ask me a question mm. i lied he what said was it? what music do you listen to what was your answer and then i was like well it really just depends on my mood i was like i honestly listen to a lot of different stuff that's true um i was like what's the scenario <laughs> and then he was like you're on your way to a party and i was like where's the party <laughs> no i just kept asking questions oh i was I like was that like, would make all the difference because if we were going to a beach party it's a totally different vibe than a fucking mountain party yeah well i was just like oh like a lot of times like when i'm getting in party mode i'll either listen to like house mixes where it's like boy songs that i know he's just sniffing 
It's the claws going into my. Oh, um, he's just holding on. Yeah, I don't like it though. Just don't That's move, and he won't. Boy, it won't hurt. I'm just letting him know I'm aware his claws are there, and they're in. He's just holding on. Just hold on, we're going home. Going home. Wow. <laughs> um, but I, I don't know. It was was just that like, your going out song? Did you like that one? Yeah. Drake? Yeah. But Did I told him, I was like, I don't, I don't know. I was like, I probably listened to like house remixes and... Um, Let's just pick that I don't know. Up. I like stuff that just makes me want to rage. <laughs> yeah. Get down with the get down. But like he didn't know what that meant. And that's fair. It wasn't great communication. But at the same time, he didn't respond to that. He just said, have you heard this new Young Gravy song? It's really good. And I was like... He said, bro. I was like, I don't care. Yeah. That's a a fair response. And then I, like, didn't vibe to it at all. I just sat there in silence. Because that sounds terrible. And then he's like, oh, I know this DJ. Like, if you like house stuff, I'll play that. And then it was like really bad and I was like oh cool thanks for showing me this I'll never listen to it again <laughs> Freddy. but then he dropped me off no you gotta do- he dropped me off and I like just tried to get out and then he got out of the car and I was like oh I'm fine like I was like I'm fine like, I can walk myself up you don't have to walk up the but mountain but if someone says I live up like a hundred fucking stairs I mean there's so many stairs and I said oh it's fine like you don't have to walk up all the stairs I'm good and he was like oh no it's good I was like this is what came out of my mouth I said I'll get a noise complaint <laughs> you have never told me that I was like oh yeah oh, we just had this God. new lady move in and like she's gonna get really mad if I like come in late like she'll give me a noise complaint and I just it's not that big of a deal but I just don't want to deal with it right now and then he walked me up regardless but I'm like if someone says you did no, not let me know look at that you did not let me know that that actually happened so but if someone says details. no that many times no means no but it's like if I'm inadvertently being like, no, you don't need to be like, OK, it was great meeting you. See ya. Interesting. I'm going to be a narcissist for a second and say, huh, I wonder why that doesn't apply to a text that someone you stopped dating two months ago. But it's fine. Whatever. MBD. You're going to have to cut that out. You're I won't. cut out your whole front part. I, I'm not going to. OK. Um. So, yeah, he we had a Christian side hug and I got the <laughs> fuck out of there. <laughs> Up. did you really yep why would you leave that information out before why is I didn't. this just I'm coming sure to light now you, you at, maybe i told someone absolutely did not i would for sure remember if yeah. you said the words christian him, side hug. i didn't even give him a full hug it was the nice christian side hug because you know that's my favorite thing and then the next day him with the christian said, side hug. i was like we're i don't see this going any further so that's my date story that was too long-winded but no, it wasn't i loved it i loved every single second of it so they can't all be good ones. They can't. And, you know, maybe we'll find love one day, but, you know, maybe we won't. Alex L. found love on Twitter Twitter because that man hit her up. Uh, I just don't know if my so- social presence is good enough for that. And I'm not even on Twitter. I know. I am, but I haven't tweeted in a long time. I mean, I guess I technically am on Twitter. I just, same. I don't think I've ever tweeted actively a lot in general no it's not my main i did go through a phase but um 
so welcome to episode 13 yeah let's get into this book. let's get into it we are actually <laughs> covering a lot of shit to talk about we are covering chapters 31 and 32 in this episode and mm-hmm. the thing to know about this is if you've been waiting for all the fucking answers this is it this is it uh i don't think I mean, 32 alone, you get so much fucking information. I just need to switch that this leg you out. can. I'm just not happy with how you're doing it. It's fine, though. One day we'll have our own chairs. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Thoughts on 31. The page is blank. Yeah, don't worry. I highlighted them. I got, I got stuff. Uh, no, no. I highlighted it. Uh, instead of... St- <sighs> She's touching me with her feet, y'all. And I would just like to say, if you're willing to pay to see that, let us know. We are accepting <laughs> cash, uh, but it's expensive because she has web toes. Why you got to call me out like that? Well, I'm mostly just giving people um, the line to okay. make them want it more. I, I see. Okay. You know, because like that's like a high pain. You're pimping me out. I hear you. Well, I'm pimping us out collectively because oh, okay. we know how to toe hug. We do. We're doing it right now. <laughs> um okay True. so so uh, 31 32 31 yeah Hannah? <clears throat> something there's a ball balls. it's uneventful much like all balls it literally lasts like a page um basically favor gets thrown this ball it's literally so boring but she spends the night basically like trying to avoid all the people, mainly men, trying to holler. Yeah. And she's also preoccupied in her own mind based on what uh, Nesta said to her in the previous chapter about, like, you would have done anything for your high lord. Mm, yeah. Um, so she's really just thinking about that and how she could have tried harder. And the next morning after the ball, they're all sitting at the table and her father just like casually mentions wanting to purchase this land that was the better land. Um, and if you remember that, we find out is Thomas. Yeah, Thomas was what talking about Thomas Mandre was talking about yeah. when the house burned down. Um, and Feyre remembers that was the name that she gave Resand, like when she lied and said her name was Claire Better because it was just like the first name that came to mind. Yeah. Um, and. That the burned down house was supposed to be their house. Like it was supposed to be Pharaoh's house. And she kind of like flips realizing what danger that they're in. And that like fairies can cross the border undetected and get back undetected. And no one's the wiser. They really just think this house burned down for whatever reason. Um, And then she also thinks about if that's the case, then Tamlin's probably in danger. And you know, she's had that weird like feeling this whole time since she she left. She did the wrong thing. Yeah. And she's right. So um, she basically at that at that table just like starts instructing, you know, she just goes back into that survival mode. And she tells Nesta that everything she said to her needs to stay a secret um, and that for the family as a whole, that at the first sign of danger or anything turning bad, they need to flee south. Um, and basically in that process, that breaks the glamour on Elaine and her dad, who start to remember all the things. All the things. All the things. Um, and um, in, in Feyre leaving, Nesta tells her not to look back. Like, 
don't look back here. We can take care of ourselves. And Feyre finally realizes that it's not an insult. It's a gift. (laughs) Um, Which I will say is foreshadowing of Silver Flames in this chapter. Um, We can dive into that after this. But I think there's a lot of foreshadowing of Silver Flames in this chapter. Um, And then Feyre basically rides to the wall, finds a gate through it. Takes her a few days, but she finally finds a gate through the wall and makes it back to the spring court only to find that it's empty and that Tamlin is gone. And that's my synopsis. How do you feel good, about that's a good one. How do you feel about this chapter? Uh it it was a very short, very to the point, mm-hmm. uh kind of laid it all bare chapter where we finally get to her making this distinction like I should have followed my intuition on the front. I should have said I loved you. I should have stayed. I should have done all these things. Mm-hmm. The should have would have could have like caught up with her and she was like oh my god uh the the better family died the day before she came home correct um and i think that in itself had to kind of rock rock your world or rock her world and go oh fuck like Mm -hmm. it was 24 hours of he sent me back and this bitch died Mm -hmm. because i gave it this fake name and then on top of it, you know, sh- she is like, Nesta, thank you for yeah. taking all these directions. And Nesta's like, yeah, don't worry about it. We got this. We got this. But essentially, like, don't fucking come back. We don't need you. Yeah. Uh, while I do think that that is a gift, sort of, it's still one of those things where I'm like, Nesta, why are you being like this? Uh, because... Even after Nessa's like, hey, don't come back. It's not an insult. She's just, uh, she's just like letting me go. And then she says to Nessa, like, I'm going to go take care of this, my high lord. Like, I want to go find him. And she, mm-hmm. Nessa's like, well, what can you even do? You're just a human. And mm-hmm. Vera's like, oh, well, like, obviously she didn't mean it insultingly. I am just a human. It's just more of a cool, like, She's being very calculating and trying to be very, like, systematic about it. Nesta is because Mm -hmm. Nesta doesn't really show emotion. She just thinks very pragmatically. Mm -hmm. Uh, And this is where Feyre kind of, like, is, lets everything go. And she's like, I don't care. Like, I'm still going to just try. Mm -hmm. And she's very, like, confident that I'm just going to try and I'm going to do this. Yeah. This thing. uh, But... I'm not going to say goodbye to you and I'm not going to be like really emotional about it because I know you wouldn't like that. And I don't like that either. This is Feyre. And then Feyre turns to Nesta and goes, there is a better world, Nesta. There is a better world out there waiting for you to find it. Um, and if basically if she ever gets to that point and they can reconnect again, she'll find her. And Nesta mm-hmm. literally says, don't bother. I don't think I'd be particularly fond of fairies. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So like even in this full exchange of Farah being like, fuck all the odds. I'm so confident that like, I don't care what the odds are. I'm going to go and do it. I'm going to fucking take care of this thing. I should have done this in the first place. Nesta, like I totally get it. You're cool and calculating and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. I will find you. And Nesta's still just like, "Mm, what's the point? You're just a human. You're not good enough. And I don't care about fairies. Mm-hmm. 
why is she like this? You're not going to change her. What She's just a bitch. What happened to her? I do, I do think Feyre tries to... Um, she's internalized some of Elaine's hope yeah, uh, yeah because she has something to be hopeful for she does and so Love. like she's using that as like a now she's imparting that wisdom onto Nesta to be like Nesta there is a better world like through love all yeah. is possible that gross um but this is also where I thought the foreshadowing came into play oh for sure because she says like you said don't bother i don't think it'd be particularly fond of fairies but she continues on like i don't i think you're i think she's a little nicer than it comes across she does say like once we're safe she does say like once once it's safe like please send word like father and elaine can have this place like i think she Nesta's starting to realize that she also doesn't belong. It's not her home either. Oh. Like that she doesn't belong here. Yeah. And that's where she goes on to say, I think I'd like to see what else is out there. What a woman might do with a fortune and a good name, which are two things that she has in silver flame. And what does she do with them? Fucks the pain away. Fucks <laughs> the pain away. She does do that for quite a while. <laughs> Amen. No, but I think that was more where the foreshadowing I saw come in. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I do think, yes, she's a raging bitch. Um, <laughs> and it's but true you see like, a little, you see little peaks of it, like where the don't bother is rude, but then it's like send word once it's safe. It's like text me when you get home. <laughs> um, it, but and if is, it that is very nesta, and she though. said if it ever is, Father and Elaine can have this place because I think she also realizes like from what we know from Elaine and stuff, like she's just the worst. It's, like she just sits there and glares at people. It's just and honey and habanero. That's who she is. Yeah. She's a sweet, spicy yeah, and psycho. So I think she's also realizing how she told Feyre, this isn't your home. I think it's that's also a projection either. because it's also not her home. That's fair. Maybe she's not comfortable anywhere until later. Yeah. It's but, um, yeah, I mean... It's it's all in, it's the there's trip not to a the, lot yeah yeah the trip to the the wall and stuff isn't really not that interesting. Um, the mainly the main thing is that like she finally gets through the wall and she's so excited only to realize that it's literally quiet, no birds are chirping, nothing like that, and that the manor is empty. Like she compares it to a tomb, and then she realizes that Tamlin's gone, and that's the cliffhanger we're left on. And I think we should just go ahead and dive into 32 because it's a doozy. Oh my god! Good luck. I'm so glad you got this one. <laughs> well, before I do that, okay, I wanted to say one thing about uh, the end of 31 because it it'll fall into 32 and kind of something that I kept. It's just this weird, we talked about it a lot in the first, like, I don't know, maybe 15 chapters. Mm-hmm. And then uh, it, it comes back up for me in this one where she says, at the end of 31, I became so intent on contemplating how I might convince him not to start roaring that I didn't immediately notice the quiet. Mm-hmm. And that's her saying, like, she was going back to find Tamlin. Red flag. Correct. Uh, that's when it, and I, you'll see it when we get into 32 in just a second where 
she's talking about all like the the everything being broken and she's like I can't tell what happened before what happened after or Mm -hmm. like who did what and it just comes back to that perceptions reality where she's painted this reality with him that like it was her prison the spring court was her prison Mm -hmm. and then it became a place of like oh hope and she learned so many things but it became a, a like it became a palace of, of fucking eggshells. Like, mm-hmm. whether she realized it or not, she, yeah, she got out of... It she, did become a... It wasn't a prison at first and actually became more of a prison the more she went on. Correct, yeah. And unknowingly, she was, like, trapped. Yeah, and and the thing is, is that she was free in the sense that she wasn't, like, restrictively bound to the place because it was lorded over her she said it she had freedom to move around and that just comes back to this whole philosophy of like are you even free in a place where you said here are the rules and you have to follow them but you can do whatever you want in this whole space or are you less free if you're given this prison to stay inside but like you know what I mean Mm -hmm. is there any difference between living in a land with rules and living in a prison with rules just a bigger roaming space and you know it just is what it is but but it does come back to me that was like a big point for me because she's like oh well I'll have to convince him not to be mad at me mm-hmm. and when you say that about anyone or anything you're just like oh my god why wouldn't he just be so fucking happy that I came back that like mm-hmm. my first thought shouldn't be like oh he's gonna be mad mm-hmm. <sighs> fucking sucks so anyways that's my end of 31 I love it. Uh, 32. What a doozy. Uh, I will say, I don't even go into any harsh depth of this chapter. It is incredibly long, and we learn so many fucking truths. It's it's unsurmountable. Um, so I'm going to just do a very high-level overview of like the big main points that happen, mm-hmm. and then I would appreciate for you and I to dive into those particulars together. Mm-hmm. Because I like it when you help me. Okay. Okay, great. So in chapter 32, uh, it is the full come to realization of what's happened in Prithian Mm -hmm. from the time that she got there to now to even 100 years prior. Uh, So Feyre is back in the spring court. Uh, It's broken and in shambles. And Feyre finds Ailish. She's the only being or entity on the property that's mm-hmm. in complete shambles when she finds it doors are on hinges uh everything's just in disarray and she can't decide or figure out what happened before she left or after whomever came came so you're saying alice is the only person living or dead that's as far as i know she's the only entity fairy being other than as in there's no like bodies laying around i don't recall that's correct okay it wasn't a quiz it felt like a a pop quiz and i was like i don't know it's just (laughs) clarifying that for people i don't recall seeing anybody it's like to come into an estate that's completely shattered and it's like it looks like a war zone but there's no bodies so no one that's why she has that questioning of when did this happen (laughs) yeah no it it was literally just a desolate wasteland of nothingness and alice just happens to show up she's the only one that shows up and uh alice basically says very high level that tamlin is with amarantha under the mountain Mm -hmm. 
Um, it's been the seven times seven years of the curse, and those are now up, which is 49 in case you're bad at math, because I didn't know that either until I did the math. Uh, and Amarantha's curse, a.k.a. the blight, which is we've heard about this entire time. The blight is the curse. They're one in the same. And Aelis is hyper bitter and insanely frustrated uh, letting Farah know that Farah is the only one that could have stopped the curse, could have broken the curse and stopped Amarantha. Uh, she's like blatantly pissed. And if you remember everything about Aelis through the chapters leading up to, she's been nothing but kind and motherly and doting. Uh, so this is just a whole new side for Farah. And then Farah learns that the treaty uh, that bound her to the spring court, essentially, and that said that, you know, she couldn't kill a fairy or she'd have to come pay these dues was a lie. Uh, and pretty much everything she knew was a lie. She could absolutely kill any fairy and there's absolutely no repercussions. Um, it was simply part of the way for uh, Tamlin to essentially fix or have an opportunity to fix this curse with Amarantha and find a cure for it. Um, and then she asks Alys what the curse is. Like, what were the terms of it? So the blight slash curse is that Tamlin must get a human to fall in love with him and admit it. Like, with not with him, but with a fairy and admit it. But this human had to kill a fairy in cold blood and be actively like in hatred of a fairy and then 180 and end up falling in love with the fairy um and he had 49 years for that to play out now within all of that because the reason that curse happened was because amarantha's sister you're really getting into this whole thing. I, there's a whole lot. Amarantha's sister essentially loved this other human who played her and then murdered her. And so it was the whole driving force behind the curse itself was to this human was the driving force because her sister was killed by a human. And uh, all the human had to do to break the curse was say the three words, I love you. Uh but, of course, Alice is super pissed because Tamlin let her leave three days before the end of the 49 years. And even in that carriage, you know, she, she even thought, I love you, but she didn't say it out loud. And all she had to do to break the curse was say it out loud. And Alice is very hyper-focused on the fact that her angry, sad, pathetic human heart couldn't just, like, just do that. And it would have saved everybody. Uh so because of you know all the guilt and shame or whatever <laughs> uh Farrah says take me to amarantha under the mountain and i'm gonna fix this so amarantha does or nope so alice does she takes her to amarantha under the mountain or takes her to the part under the mountain she does not take her to amarantha she just takes her to the little mountainside and says good luck bye you already told chapter 20 30, 32. There's a billion. No, I didn't. Mm-hmm. That's chapter 33. She literally says in the end of 32, okay. Take me to the mountain. That's literally all of chapter 33. <laughs> Just take me to the mountain. It's not a big deal. I was like, do you want. 
She just said, as you wish. Ayla studied me for a moment before her eyes softened and said, as you wish. Mm-hmm. She, as you wish. She takes her to the mountain. The end. Mm-hmm. Now, now her in 33 is taking her to said mountain, but in 32, she says, take me to the mountain. And then Ayla says, okay. Oh my God, there's so much more in this chapter that I didn't even cover and that was so much. We have so many things to talk about because there's even more information. We, ha- we haven't learned about Jurian. We haven't learned about Clithia. We haven't learned about any of it. We got to know all of these things. I honestly think we should tell people to just read this chapter. Trying to die to summarize all that's insane. I know, that's why that was so hard for me. I think essentially- it's less about summarizing it wholly and saying this is a long ass chapter if you want to know the details you need to fucking read it okay well if Um, you want to and then us diving into the points that are like worth talking about well what do you want to talk about well otherwise my only thing is like i think we could get into the summary game where it ends up us just reading you know what i mean but what do you want to talk about within that chapter because that was still an incredibly it wasn't even a full page i'm not outline. critiquing your summary i'm saying like as and, we talk and that now that was just a summary saying no this i'm asking what would you like to focus on in this chapter what were your thoughts on this chapter because there was i mean there's so much there's so much detail um i mean I think we find out a lot about the blight and the curse and Amarantha and Tamlin and Feyre's role in it. Mm-hmm. And I think that if you want to know what that is, you should read chapter 32 of A Court of Thorn and Roses because it's a lot. And us trying to summarize it will never do it justice beyond no. you just fucking reading it. Yeah, for sure. Um, what I pulled out of it the most and this is a bit of a spoiler alert, is when you read it, you learn that um, Amarantha, who is this, like, person who put a curse on Tamlin that Malia explained. Oh, I just burped. <laughs> um, she put this curse on, on Tamlin. And... The reason she did that is because she hates humans with a passion. And basically, Tamlin stoked her fire like a dumbass, <laughs> though we've all been there. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. Um, like, said after, like, again, it's a long story. I don't, I'm trying my best to, like, avoid summarizing all of it. So, like, they're all at this ball. And he said, Tamlin said, in front of everyone. Well, this was pre blight. This was, what, like 50 years or 100 years prior? Yeah, I'm talking about why she hates humans. No, 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 I know. Yeah, I'm saying just for scope, this isn't, like, this didn't just I'm talking about why the curse happened. There it is. Okay, so 50 years prior to that curse, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, like I said, why the curse happened was because in front of everyone, Tamlin basically, and everyone, it's like all the courts of Perithian were there at this ball, and he basically said that, um, because Amarantha has this big crush on Tamlin, like a schoolgirl crush, and it's kind of obsessive and weird. Um, and he said, I've heard he's really hot, though. 
Yeah, but like also who isn't hot in this fucking story? Oh my god, aren't like just pick one, close your eyes and point. You'll find someone. (laughs) Got it. Um, but he said that he would sooner take a human to his bed, sooner marry a human than ever touch her. And like that's a huge disrespect. A in fairy culture just because like they look many, not all, look down on humans. But also because Amarantha really, really disliked humans because she had a sister who, during the war, which is why Perithian is divided with the human lands, um, during that war, Amarantha was on the side of the Fae who hated humans. And so was her sister, um, Clithia. And they basically like fought side by side until Clithia fell in love with a mortal named Jurian. Jurian. <laughs> and then he did not diss and dismiss her. No, but oh like God, they start banging, him. and Clithia's obsessed with her, and Amarantha's like, "This is sketch. I don't like this Jurian guy." And it turns out that like Jurian was a double agent, and he. Mm-hmm. So. Um, did he Jurian betrayed Clithia after months of stomaching being her lover he got the information he needed then tortured and butchered her crucifying her with an ash wood so that she couldn't move while he did it he left the pieces for Amarantha to find I mean basically after he like killed Cynthia or Clithia like Amarantha went on a rampage yeah and the only reason she didn't kill Jurian right then was because of the king of Highburn. Um, which leads me to question why the King of Highburn has never like foreshadowing whatever spoiler alert. He doesn't really address it or say shit about it in the future when, when we I don't meet think it him. matters. Yeah. Because it's, it's almost those, like, like it played to his advantage anyways. Yeah. Maybe that's so it's one of those where it's like, oh, go do your thing, whatever. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. It's no big thing to me because I've got my own scheme. Yeah. Mm, but Mm -hmm. like that's why we know okay so we know durian clithia amarantha that's why she hates humans tamlin makes that comment at the ball she's like oh no you didn't yeah and then says i'm gonna curse you bitch (laughs) and you laid out the curse for us like he had 49 years to do xyz all this stuff like Again, I just think it's too hard for... I mean, we could sit here and talk for three hours. This could be a two-part episode for no reason. Absolutely. Just trying to divulge all this info. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like... Well, I have an end of end of chapter quandary for you. I also have a quandary. But it has nothing to do with this book other than The King of Highburn. <laughs> okay, let me... No, no, keep going. You keep going. thought out, even though I think I might have forgot my thought. No. Um... But I think I think it's important we know, A, why Amarantha hates humans. Yep, very important. B, how the curse started. Started, like what was the trigger moment that happened. Um, and then how, like, A, in hindsight, we, we kept saying, like, Feyre, you should be putting this together, come on. But yep. at the same time, it's like they were bound, like, the whole spring court and everyone was bound to like where they couldn't say anything. So like that was part of, um, at the same ball, like Amarantha stole the high Lord didn't really steal. She more just like locked down their magic. So they didn't have full access to it. And that was part of the curse. Um, 
she took advantage of their vulnerability. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and their trust and like and she ends up saying like, Okay, I not only made this curse where you have to do this thing, but you also can't talk about the curse or anything. So that's where like this blight comes from. That's why there's all these interchangeable words at this point. Like the blight is the curse. The curse is Amarantha. The sickness on the lands is Amarantha. Like it's all comes back to her and her hatred for humans. Yeah. And then Farah's guilt of feeling like she could have done more if she'd paid attention. But it's all hindsight to her. Like it's it 2020. It's like. It is. What are you going to do? And, then, like, and that's the funny thing for Farah that it gets me. Is she's like, yeah, I had all these feelings and she didn't trust her, her intuition. Yeah. And we saw it in 31. One, where she was so resolute and so like, I'm going to go yeah. do this and I don't care what the outcome is and I don't care what I'm up against. Mm-hmm. And this doesn't matter. And then she gets to this. And then she's sp- like, oh, fuck. She gets to the <laughs> Supreme Court. She hears all the things. But she actually, it's this like, she, she had this really hard personality and like just very strong. And uh, she gets to A-list and she is almost portrayed as like a, a faltering, kind of flubbering, scared mm-hmm. human and that's not who she is. So it's really interesting to see her portrayed that way. But in the face of this immortal being who's cursed an entire continent, essentially, like, how could I you mean, not be a cowering kind of like. I think what's hard is like they were cursed before she ever came along. She yeah. was just the hope. And that's what's the hardest part is that, like, she didn't catch on quick enough. And that's what, like, Ayla says on 281. She says, you could have been the one to stop her. You could have been the one to free him and his power had you not been so blind to your own heart. Yep. And she said, I didn't know. And then Ayla even says, you couldn't know it was part of Tamlin's curse. Like, that was the whole thing. It's like, you couldn't he had to come up with all these creative ways to, like, Mm -hmm skirt around the truth but even then he gave up on it for years and years it wasn't until a couple of months before the like nearing of the the end that he like reinvigorated this but it it reminds you of why resand makes those jabs at him earlier on in the book of like checking in on him and seeing what he's done and like all this stuff like it's been so long and there's been no movement and that's because for many of the 49 years he he literally But it's like he's sending his friends out to die. Literally. That would be so hard. It would be so hard. Now, the other thing about uh, Amarantha, I think, that I found interesting that they pinpointed in this Mm -hmm. is that when Aelis is telling her about the history of Amarantha and when she first came to the continent Mm -hmm. from Highburn as they're like an emissary from Highburn. Like after the war. After the war, it was essentially to uh, create you know, common ties, mm-hmm. goodwill, yeah. re-establish uh, just connection as a whole. And they called her the never fading flower. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm just going to say that, note that for the next chapter, I think it is the next chapter. It wouldn't be 33. It's 34 then. Yeah. So the next two chapters, when they actually bring back up her appearance. Yeah. Uh, which I just thought was really interesting because a hundred years ago, and and you have to remember these are immortal beings. Like a century for them is a year. Yeah. As, like in yeah. essence, so the fact that that she used to be called this never fading flower, um, and that she was just this supreme beauty. Yeah. 
I think is it would be it would be so hard like during the war, right? She was known her story's legend. Like during the war her story is legend. She was a legend. nightmare. She was king of Hybern's most lethal general and then she like comes back over after the war and goes court to court and like charms them all. It's like how are you a nurse? <laughs> How do you do that? <laughs> like, you go from this legendary, nightmarish, like... Murderer. Murderer, and that, that um, like, reputation, yeah. and then you flip it on its switch to be like, oh, no, I learned so much from my sister's death, and I want to spark trade, and all that. It's like... That's called even, an insane. I wouldn't even fucking believe you, and that's one of the one things I like about Tamlin is that he does not like her. No. And because he, like, his dad was a king of Highburn's, like, ally. And, like, he knew Amarantha and the bad shit and all that stuff. And so when she came over, he was, like, privy to her bullshit and was like, no thanks. Yeah, kind of fuck I you. I don't want to be a part of this. Like, I know who you are. And so it's, like, that redeeming quality of, okay, I'm glad you didn't just give in and whatever. But at the same time. I know. Yeah. It's rough. Uh, it's um, all. It's a hard. It's yeah. I really think people just need to read this. <laughs> they really do. They really do. Uh, we also do find out that Amarantha, the, the whole time. I think a very important thing to make note of. The whole time we've seen Lucian with his little eye thing. Oh, yes. Good Amarantha point. is the one who actually disfigured Lucian at the same party where basically she was like. Tamlin, I'm trying to holler. It was, and af- he's it like, was before the party. Because no, no, no. He was the, the first time that he said, uh, I would rather marry a human or love a human, That mm-hmm. it was that time, not the party after the fact. The party after, the party was when he said that. So, um, obviously we're doing our research now because like, I'm like, wait, what? No. Um. Oh no no no! You're right. Maybe you're right. Um, because he was sent on Tamlin's behalf as like as the emissary to yeah. try to treat for peace between them. Yeah. But this was uh Amaranth. Okay, Amaranth eventually grew to desire Tamlin, and she was. Uh. Okay. Like he, tr- like she kept trying to lure so, him in, and yeah, he kept saying no. And then yeah. she sent Lucian, and Lucian also popped off. Stuff. Yeah, it was after. I guess it was well after that, and then Tamlin was like, "No, I remember. I just remember everything about how you were with my father, the king of Highburn, what you guys did to all the fairies. I remember how you treated Jurian and his punishment." Um. So that's going to be a no for me, dog. And then uh, Lucian basically was like, you know, you're going to need to go go back out because we don't want that and we don't want that from you. And he obviously says it a lot more crassly and more meanly. So she takes his eye as punishment, like literally carved it out with her fingernail Mm -hmm. and then scratched the rest of his face which is why he has that metal eye Mm -hmm. 
Uh, and that one's obviously just really important to know because that gives Lucian this much stronger vendetta against her as a whole mm-hmm. and a much stronger pull to fight against her power and her premise and her just entity in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so after that, yeah, she it was almost very soon after that that she hosted the masquerade that was under the, the mountain. And she said, you know, that's when you wear your masks, you know, in in honor and support of Lucian's disfigurement. Everyone wear a, a <laughs> mask. So fucked. <laughs> yep. And yeah, and she asked Tamlin to be her lover and consort, and he's like, "That's also going to be a no for me, dog." Mm-hmm. Um, my biggest thing through this whole chapter, like outside of everything you find, if we want to deviate away from like all the craziness that Mm. we learn Mm. um, is that, and this is a bit of a spoiler alert, so you can cut it out if you want. I will not. But um, we've talked about Jurian and Clithia and how Jurian basically slept with Clithia for months, pretending to be her lover, gathering information, and then betrays Clithia. Um, I want you to remember that for who is sleeping with Amarantha. It's a car. I was like, oh my God, what's that? If you hear car sounds, it's because my windows are open. Well, at first I thought I was singing, and I was like, ghosts. Obviously, it's ghost, the answer. Uh, Interesting. That is an interesting fact. And mainly, I mean, it's recent. It is. So just remember that. Oh, I get your point. I was like, I don't get it, but it sounds bad. <laughs> no, it's like no, a... No, now I get it. It's and an it, it, interesting uh, parallel dynamic, between yeah. Amarantha is so mad about what Jurian she doesn't even did see. to Clithia that she's so blinded to what's happening to her. Very interesting. Very interesting. And it, the situation and dynamics are different, Yeah, but they're still the same. Yeah. And the outcome is still the same. Yeah. So that was mainly like my big 32s a whopper, y'all. It's so like it's a fucking whopper. That's what I mean. Like the thing it's is, almost it's not even that hard. many pages. It's just a fuck ton of information in like yeah. seven pages. The knowledge starts coming pages. and it does not stop. Ugh. Alice the whole time, she's just like packing a go bag. She's like, let I'll me steal this apple and this they butter don't knife. Stop coming, yeah. To the rules and it hits the ground running. And she's like, Alice let me keeps getting you. all the stuff from the cupboard. The days get long, but neither does the information. Yeah. <laughs> Remix. Changing the words, not the vibe. Like, she just is like, oh, let me drop all this knowledge on you because I can finally talk about it. Here's my bread. Here's my apples. Here's my cheese. Fuck you, human. Give me more snacks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, she's trying to still protect her nephews. For sure. She's trying to get get out. And she's like, mm. It is cute. I mean, is that in 32? Yeah. Yeah, she does talk about how um, yeah, she was part of the summer court. You yeah. Again, there's just so many finite details in this chapter. You got, yeah. Alice was Not originally all... part of the summer court, yeah. but she came to this place because her sister and her husband were one of the first people to be murdered, first fairies to be murdered by Amarantha. Yeah. So she took care of her nephews and fled the summer court uh, to the spring court. But there were actually courts that tried to rise up and fight Amarantha. Not very successful. Uh, no, no, no. It was 
<laughs> terribly planned out did not go well at all but it was the spring no I'm sorry it was the summer court the day court winter am I completely wrong winter well it was for sure the summer court I thought it was seasonal I don't spring no I'm winter. about to tell you because I highlighted it going oh wow these are the courts that tried oh, the day court the summer court and the winter court were the ones that like actively tried to rise up uh, in that 40 years span or 49 year span who tried to rebel uh, and it just it just didn't work out and Alice's family was part of that one so they were one of the first ones to, to be killed off so she got the kids and ran and essentially was seeking asylum in the spring court for a while until you know the blight happened aka mm-hmm. Tamlin got buck and then Amarantha got more buck everybody just went hammer time and it was all bad yeah but we find out a lot it's a good chapter it's great it's one of the best chapters so far it was so cold your feet are freezing cold i need little socks on you do um Um, so that was a great chapter um, thank god hey thanks i want to do it's a hard one but i also think sometimes you just gotta let people do the work themselves you know (laughs) we can't read it all for them Jesus Christ. I agree with you. I mean, this episode will actually be very short because about 56 minutes of it is just going to be cut out. Oh. It's just <laughs> us talking about dating. <laughs> no, we'll see. What I really, happens. I do love that chapter. I think it's a good one. I think. I mean, it answered it. If you want to skip, like, read the first five chapters and then skip to, like, chapter 32, I wouldn't be mad at you. No, not at all. It literally gives you all the answers. It's like. 32 is the answer to my anxiety for most of life. Like if everything in life could just be like that, where I like, I'll give you one chapter. This where little person comes along and is like, actually, let me break this down. Here's for you. all the answers that you've ever been wondering. Yeah. I don't think yeah. wondering is a word. Though there is still something that um, Alice can't tell. Yep. There's and one fine detail that she's not allowed yeah. to say because the magic is still stopping her. Yeah. And I think that's a very important thing to note is that Alice is like, Amarantha thinks that this is over because I can now share this information with you. Yeah. And the magic isn't stopping me. So here's everything that you we couldn't tell you before because it's now over, quote yeah. unquote, uh, in Amarantha's eyes. Yeah. yeah. Yet it is very interesting that this one little sliver of information is the one thing that is still magically bi- like bound to secrecy. Mm-hmm. Why? Because it's not over till it's over. It ain't over till it's over. So, uh, great episode. We did it again. We did. Thanks for, 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 yeah, 14 tuning in. I mean, 13. 13. Right? 13 13. October. We're, I'm releasing all of these. And honestly, we only have, uh, how many more chapters are in this book? There's like 40 something. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, we only have... 46 chapters total we're at 32 so we have 12 chapters left it's like six episodes no not 14 less. chapters left it's like seven great. episodes if not less if not less because there's, so there's the last few chapters they are, so are meaty meat 
and patatas, patatas. Not as meaty um, as this last one, but more just like interesting. It's so interesting. There's so much You're happening. You're playing footsie with me. So you are literally right doing. Uh, either way, thank you for listening. Thank you. And uh, follow us on all the things. Listen on all the things. Tell all your friends, even if they don't like it, tell them they can listen for mental health updates. Uh, but mostly just on us because I don't know if we're helping other people. But maybe my plight and blight are helping you and maybe Hannah's plights and blights are helping you and maybe you can connect with our dismay to some extent as well. Trauma bonding. Yeah, let's trauma bond. (laughs) Welcome to our podcast. It's called Trauma Bondage. (laughs) That would be such a good name for oh, a podcast great should we do that um, i don't think it would fit this one particularly it would not it might because it does involve all the characters that are trauma bound together but um i'm going to consider this our sign off and thank you so much yeah thank you now until next time until next time uh this has been bookmarketpodcast.gov.com.com